I want to ask you to turn to Revelation chapter 20 uh, this morning. We want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is still going to be part of that series. Uh, but um, Mr. Sheffield said this week that the groundhog came out, saw its shadow, and Pastor will probably have about five more messages in that uh, series. So, <laughs> so. Last week I told you about, you know, I had made the third payment. I'd get that dozen eggs would be mine. But I'm trying to figure out why are there so few eggs? And I found out this week. The hens are identifying as roosters. It's, it's, that's just as smart as what they're saying about I'm a, I was born a woman. Yeah? Okay, well, <clears throat> let me ha have a talk with you here, okay? And, and that, that's, that's just as ignorant as that, isn't it? Well, uh, we're, we're going to look at this passage today just because uh, in the 1 Corinthians chapter 4 passage, you know, we're, the series is revival, uh, meeting or revival. Uh, it was out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 5, and uh, we might get back to that this evening, but we'll, we're going to get back to it. But I thought that this would go in very well uh, for this reason. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4 is looking at the judgment seat of Christ when you get down to verse 5. Revelation chapter 20 is looking at the white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is for those who are saved. The white throne judgment is for those who die without Jesus Christ. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we go along. So we're in Revelation chapter 20 and we'll begin with verse 4, but let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray as we go into your word this, evening, this morning, Lord, I just pray thy Holy Spirit would have free course through it. Be the one, the authority, and the strength behind the word today as I preach that speaks to every heart, whether for edification, for rededication, for conviction, for salvation. Enlighten each one, doing that which I personally could not do. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. We do have our, our judgment that we will have, we'll go through. And, and the unsaved, they'll have a judgment as well. The judgment seat of Christ does not determine our fate as far as we'll be in heaven or not. If you're at the judgment seat of Christ, it's because you're saved and it has nothing to do whether you're going to go to heaven or to hell, you are going to be in heaven. And that's where you'll be forever with the Lord. However, if you're at the white throne judgment, Nobody there is going to be saved. It's not going to determine whether they go to heaven or to hell. They are going to that eternal lake of fire. That, that is the Bible. So there's no judgment on that. It's where are they going to go? They are going to the lake of fire. And you say, well, why have a white throne judgment? Why have a judgment seat of Christ if it's already determined where they're going to go? Well, the judgment seat of Christ will determine rewards. Some of us will be saved so as by fire we're there, but there's no reward. Others will be uh, receiving reward 
and here the well done, good and faithful servant and a highly honored position. Uh, and so for the saved, we, we're looking forward to that day when he comes. For the unsaved, it's just going to determine the degree of their judgment, the degree of their punishment in that lake of fire. In other words, when they go to hell, it's, it's the, uh, the lake of fire, should I say, it is going to be worse for some than it is for others. And so you have to uh, think about that because everything's going to come out at that dreaded judgment judgment of the white throne judgment where all the unsaved will be. Now, unsaved people at the judgment seat of Christ, there are some going to be ashamed, and everybody that is in heaven will see that shame. That's why have all of your accounts cleaned up. Have it all cleaned up because that day's coming. Now in our text, verse 4 begins, And I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark on their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now understand, some of them were beheaded for the word of God and for the witness of Jesus. In other words, after we're called up to heaven, there are going to be people left behind. There will be people that got saved during the tribulation, and they'll go right on into that thousand-year millennium. There'll be other people who don't get saved. They're left behind and will face eternity in a lake of fire. When a person dies today without Jesus Christ, he goes to a place we call hell. It is a place of fire and torment. One only needs to read in Luke of the story that Jesus told, and you'll find that there was a rich man in Lazarus, and the rich man said, I am tormented in this flame. Well, we know that there was a flame, and there was some kind of torment. It doesn't describe what the torment is completely. But there is a torment in that flame. And it's such a thing that they don't want others to come there. They want somebody to be sent from hell or even from paradise to warn his brothers about it. They didn't want him to go to this place. It was so horrible. But yet, though he said one would, they'd believe him if one rose from the dead. no. One will rose, raise from the dead, and they won't believe him. That is Jesus Christ. And as we see, that man, that rich man in hell, 
Here it is 2,000 years later. And guess what? He's still in hell. His spirit has not ceased to exist. His spirit is alive, but he is tormented in some kind of a body that's prepared for hell that will feel pain as you and I would feel, would feel fear as you and I would feel, would feel all kind of torment as you and I would feel, and yet not die. And so that is his situation. But from the white throne, that man is going to be thrown from the white throne. In other words, he's going to be taken out of hell to begin with, up to the white throne. And then from the white throne into the lake of fire, which is worse than that because death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. And so we, as we read the text there and we saw about the thrones and so forth and, and all of that that is there. And this text and, and the things involved there, it's a thousand years that the tribulation has taken place. It's over. And the thousand year millennium starts. These are people who were beheaded for the name of Jesus Christ, who were beheaded for the Word of God. Do you think it's unimportant that we take a stand on the King James Bible? Now, I, we act just this, this week, this weekend, I watched a podcast of a man who is supposedly a fundamental independent Baptist who's instructing churches how how to transition. I thought it was interesting he used the word transition. They use that in sex change too. It's going to be completely different. How to transition your church from the King James Bible. And he goes on to tell all these bad things. And a lot of the things he's telling is just plain lies. But told me he doesn't really know and understand what he's talking about. But, These men are put to death for that. We have a country where you have a lot of Marxists and socialists. People are getting in leadership. And just don't think it's some kind of a wild-eyed thing or somebody's just trying to upset an apple cart. But don't be surprised if not in the very near future that judgment from the country, from the law, will be against the churches of America that will still stand on the Word of God. By the way, judgment begins at the house of God. And when I think about all of that, that what could be coming, that song that he just sang leaves us an example of Jesus on the cross. When he could have called 12 legions of angels. But he didn't leave. He stayed there and paid the full penalty for our sins. And here we read of men that were beheaded for the sake of Christ. For eternity's sake. They didn't take that be smart. They didn't try to save their present life, they were looking and they actually had faith in eternal life and they went by that. That, that is a, an example for you and me that men will go through that and they will stand it.
That ought to make each of us question to see if we are really in the faith. Now he said in verse 5, But the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. You see, all the saved are at that time at the end of the tribulation that were dead in the grave. They, they are caught up to be with the Lord uh, that got saved during the tribulation. All of the, those that were saved before the tribulation were caught up at the rapture. Those that are saved in this life are caught up at the rapture. That will take place. You'll be a part of that. If you're saved, you'll be a part of that rapture. You won't be going through a tribulation. But the saved are first. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the first fruits. His resurrection, then ascending up into heaven, that to apply the blood there that was shed for us at that great mercy seat of heaven, he, was, he did that for you and me. He finished that work, and he's going to come back again. He's going to come back again. But we will stand before him. And so, uh, when you look at the thousand years that these men are on earth, they reign with Jesus Christ, having paid the penalty, even during the tribulation, for standing up and using the Word of God and witnessing for Jesus Christ. But just think, we, Christians, if you look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we who were cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed of our sin by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, He will make us kings and priests to rule forever with Him, to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. And then when the thousand years are expired, Satan, who has been bound in that pit, that bottomless pit, he is released. He is released. He's allowed to be out. So, we look at verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on him uh, the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And then they shall be loosed. Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations once more. I mean, he's going out again which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them together to battle. The number is as the sand of the sea. Now, why, after that thousand years, there would be the Gog and Magog, which usually in the Bible is referring to the Russian area, that Russian kingdom, and maybe they somehow spread around. But when he's loosed, 
when he is loosed out of that pit, he goes out and deceives the nations. And now they're being called to go up. Satan is going to deceive them that they might go up that holy city, Jerusalem, where Christ has reigned, where everything's been set up. The saints of God are there. This is not the new Jerusalem, but this is the Jerusalem that's on earth at that time. And he's going up against them. And their number is as the sand of the sea. And you say, how's it as the sand of the sea? Well, they had a thousand years. The millennial reign of Christ, a thousand years. It would have been that way if Adam and Eve had never fallen. It would have been that way. Well, that's what God wanted. For a thousand years, Jesus is going to demonstrate what it would be like. But guess what? For a thousand years, there was no abortion. That's why they have so many people. That's why they are able to act and, and react. So there is a uh, sand of the sea. And verse 9 says, And they went up upon the breadth of the earth, encompassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. They didn't have to worry that they were surrounded by the armies of the world. Because our refuge and really our strength, our rock of deliverance is still Jesus Christ. And so, fire is sent down from out of heaven and devours them. Satan's last effort to attack God's people. He deceives. Once more, he has deceived the world's armies and peoples. <clears throat> and it shows the utter hopeless failure of Satan to overcome our God and Savior. He couldn't do that. You see, the devil, that old devil that deceived them. At this point, verse 10, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where he, he, the beast, and the false prophet. They are. I like it just says the beast and false prophet are. They're going nowhere. They're in that lake of fire. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That old serpent Satan, the devil, after first two shows that uh, they cast him to that bottomless pit for a thousand years, he is loosed for a time, for a short season, after the thousand years in the pit. And he is loosed. And you think after that thousand years of the pit, and knowing what he has ahead, his hatred of God might change him. It doesn't. So he's going to deceive man once more. 
but then he is cast into that eternal lake of fire. He's there with that beast and that false prophet that he lined up there. As you see them in Revelation 13, you see them in Revelation chapter 11, you see them throughout those several chapters there in Revelation. The beast and the false prophet. So much death on the people of God, but now their death is eternal. Whereas the people of God's, it was a favor. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so, dying without Christ, the lake of fire, torment for day and, uh, for day and night forever and ever. That place called outer darkness, although it's fire, the darkness is such, it's like being two miles deep into the earth. Some of those caves they have up in West Virginia, the coal mines and so forth like that, they said the light goes out, you can put your hand in front of your face and you will not see it. I think that gives us a good description of what outer darkness is all about and yet being able to hear all the voices and the cries and the screams and the torments that are about you. This place is so great in the lake of fire of, of torment and torture and it's plain that even the super saints, or super spirits, should I say, as Satan, his devils, super spirits, they're tormented day and night. It torments them. And they, if you die without Christ, are your company. And they won't entertain you. The demoniac at Gennesaret, the Gadarene, they had all those devils, a legion of them, infested one man. And the man called on Jesus, and the Jesus came over, and he was going to cast those out. And the demons themselves say, don't send us there before the time. Let us go to a herd of swine. And they let them go to a herd of swine. But they know there's a time, and they know they'll be there, and they feared it. Who are we to sit in a church or to sit anywhere and not fear going to hell if you're not saved? Fire, brimstone, torment forever and ever, never ceasing to exist, no escape. No hope, no let up. They have court cases today of things that cause people to do something to others and it cause a great psychological suffering. But I'll tell you what, they don't know what a psychological suffering is when you're in that condition and you'll never escape and you'll never cease to exist. Then you'll find out what that's all about. In verse 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. No place for them. You see, they're seeing Christ now on that white throne. They know what's getting ready to happen. And the fear leads them to try to run from him and hide from him who sits on that white 
throne, that great white throne. But they will only be tormented by the realization that there is absolutely no place whatever where they can run and hide from God. For wherever they turn, there is the omnipresent God before their eyes. The judge is there. Verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now understand that what that is saying. They're judged by the books. What's written in those books? Do you realize that every second, every moment, every word, every deed, every thought is recorded in those books? And you've heard of the, what I've just said so far about the suffering, and you'll say, well, it shouldn't be like that. You have no idea the holiness of God, the holiness that He has planned for all eternity and what that would be in comparison. Yes, that deserves it. And those books will show that it deserves it before they're cast out forever, where they never cease to exist. And they never escape. The second death, why is it called the second death? Well, you're born dead. You say, How am I born dead? You were born dead because you were born separated from God, because you were born with a sin nature you inherited from your parents, who inherited from their parents, all the way back to Adam. Inherited, inherited, inherited. And now you're standing before the God if you don't receive Christ as your Savior. You can't run, you can't hide from Him. The second death was overcome when you received, the first death was overcome when you received Christ. There was a way, there was a hope, there's a hope for everyone. That's why uh, I say this, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. You may be sitting here saved today, but understand there are more unsaved people in the city of Ocala than there are saved people. We still need to be a witness just like those that lost their head for witnessing for Christ, but then they're highly exalted in heaven forever and ever. I don't think we're going to be, but we could be beheaded. I don't think so. But all they're going to do, I mean, if he comes down with the chop, he just chopped me into heaven. Some in the old days were burned at the stake. <laughs> I think a cold chop is better than a hot steak in that case, but nonetheless, just think of that. There are people out there that you and I say, hey, they're nice people, you know, not saved, but they're nice people. They need to be saved. They need your witness. They need my witness. They need to be saved. Don't give up on souls. That's why we have a visitation. That's why we preach the Word. There are people that left our church because, well, they just preached salvation at that sermon, that church. And I'm preaching that to you today, but also you're learning some things about hell, perhaps. See, ours is not to preach about specific subjects. Ours is to preach the whole counsel of God. 
And so that's what we do. You see, 2 Peter 3, 9 is very clear. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but He's long-suffering to us. Word. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants people to be saved. Yes, the hell, the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. He doesn't want us to go, but we are created in His image. God is the Spirit, and our spirit has a free will. We either accept it or reject it. We either get fooled, we allow ourselves to be fooled, to be deceived by the devil that says, well, he's just going to measure, measure your good works by your bad works and you'll make it. That is nowhere in the Bible. The opposite is in the Bible. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You've got to come to Jesus Christ. You must know Him as your personal Lord and Savior. I like the way Revelation chapter 3, verse 5 says, He that overcometh, how do you overcome? You receive Christ as your Savior. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will blot out, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Say, so what are you saying, Pastor? I believe, this is my personal belief, I will not blot out his name. I believe every human born into this world has their name written in the book of life. It's only blotted out when you commit the unpardonable sin. What is the unpardonable sin? That you die without ever receiving Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. Confessing, you know what? I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. My God's all holy. I've sinned against God. I deserve that lake of fire. But He loves me. And He died for me. Taking on a human body. Emptying Himself of all that He could have done as God, but instead allowing a free will to be de demonstrated that it can be true and faithful to God. He, he was the Savior, but it's up to us to receive Him to be the saved. But if you die without Jesus Christ, your name is blotted out. That's why He says, I will not blot out their name. It was there. You've not received Christ as your Savior. You're still breathing. Your name is there. But if you die suddenly, something takes your life out like that, there's going to be no time to get saved. Let me just say this in closing. We had a young man we've been praying for. I witnessed to him here at the church. I witnessed to him on his hospital bed. We had two or three others of you that witnessed to him on his, uh, here at church. I mean, he heard the gospel. I don't know if he ever got saved. He could have received Christ on that hospital bed when he was hooked up to life support and couldn't talk. 
And even though he couldn't talk, he's just laying there. I prayed for him. And I went through the plan of salvation. I went through a prayer for the plan to receive Christ. But he couldn't talk, so there's no way he could have for me to hear. But if he heard and he responded, God saved him. I don't save him, God does. But if he didn't, that precious soul is in hell today. My friend, the songwriter had it right. Rescue the perishing. Care, care, care for the dying. Jesus, oh, he's so wonderful. He's mighty to save, and he will save. Let's take the word to them. But friend, make sure you know that if you die today, that heaven's your home. If you're not sure, make sure before this day is over. Let's bow our heads, please.